Hey, this is Pastor Madison. I am so excited that you're tuning in today to the Crosspoint Podcast. My prayer is that this word inspires you, uplifts you, and enlightens you. You can connect with Movement Youth on Instagram at movement underscore youth or the Point College Ministry at the Point College. Let's jump to the message. So what's the word that has been on my heart? Anybody tell me? Revival. Correct. I cannot tell you how fired up that I have been over the last couple of weeks about this word because I believe that your generation is going to bring revival to the world. That you guys are going to spread Jesus like never before. In fact, I had a class this past weekend and I was driving home listening to a podcast and there was this woman on there that was being interviewed and she is a huge speaker. She's spoken at Hillsong. She has her own nonprofit. And she said something, and it literally brought tears to my eyes. And I was so fired up on the way home that I need to share what, what she said. Because I'm telling you, I told you, revival's on my heart, right? And this is what she said. If we are going to truly get the job done of why we are here on this earth as the church of Jesus Christ, which is to lead people to Jesus, then we have to learn afresh what it is to take up our cross, to die daily, and to follow Jesus. We need a generation that rises up and says, Jesus, whatever, I'm dropping my nets, I'm going to die to myself, I'm going to take up my cross, and I'm going to follow you and do whatever you've called me to do. If we get that, she says, if we get that generation, we are going to have a revival generation. If in your hearts, from the inside out, you go, Jesus, I'm all in. She said, I honestly believe 2021, 2022, 2023, we will see the greatest revival in the history of the world. It just needs a generation that says, God's called me to him. I'm 100% following him. And whatever he wants me to do with my life, he can do it. But I've decided to follow Jesus, and I'm not turning back. I am all in. Mic drop, right? And she had a sweet accent, which added a lot of cool flavor to that. But it was awesome. So we're going to pray quick. That was just a little bit of the appetizer before we're going to jump, jump into the main course, but let's just pray. Oh, God, we just thank you for this space, for this time, for these students. We know that tonight is going to be a powerful night, that you are going to move in mighty ways, and that the enemy is going to do whatever he can to try to sneak in and dangle whatever temptation or distraction, whatever it is in front of us. But, God, give us the strength and the power to focus on your word this evening. I pray that we would have open minds and open hearts that we would receive it. I pray that when I speak, your words come out. We just thank you for this time that we have together. And we just ask that you move through it. Be in this room, God. Bring revival. Amen. All right. So when I went to my class this past weekend that I was driving home from, we were talking about a man who was totally changed by Jesus. I mean, this guy literally went from killing Christians, okay, to breathing out murderous threats like down their neck, to starting such a mighty move of Christianity that literally brought revival to the entire world. And I felt so inspired by this guy that I want to share a story with you. And I'm going to tell you about him later. But it just, the story really brought me back to when I was your age and I had a friend. She's an awesome friend, really great. And she totally just stabbed me in the back. And she wasn't breathing out, you know, murderous threats like this guy was. But she was breathing down my neck with some pretty vicious words. How many of you have ever had anybody say any vicious words to you? Yeah. 
It happens. First of all, I just want to say that I'm sorry. I'm sorry that, that that has happened to you. I know that that sucks because I know how it feels when someone that you totally trusted, someone you thought was going to have your back, when all of a sudden they just, they just turn on you and they start just persecuting you, spreading lies and rumors about you. And it took some time for me to heal. Listen up. It took some time for me to heal. But then last year, just 2020, I was at our house and I was doing dishes and God just spoke to me. And he was like, you need to text this girl right now, this girl that hurt you. I'm like, God, I got two dishes left. Let me finish my dishes. And he said, no, you need to text her right now. So I got on my phone and I did and I texted her. And a few minutes later, I get a text back and she says, can I call you? And my palms and my feet immediately start sweating. I had to take my socks off because I was so nervous and I was sweating so bad. And I said, sure. So she calls me. And guys, she apologizes for everything that she has ever done to me. She told me that I have been on her heart so strongly. And that she was just talking to her dad about me because of how sorry she is. And she said, I am so glad that you had the courage to reach out to me because obviously I didn't work up enough courage myself to do it. So she was thankful for that. Guys, I could have left the pain, I could have let the pain and the hurtful words and lies that this person said about me to ruin what our future could be, okay? But I gave her a chance. And you know what that led to? Her leading worship for us back in August. You guys weren't the only ones that got something out of that kickoff night. Maddie, Poppy, and I up there, the enemy did not want to see that. The enemy did not want to see somebody who hurt me come together and lead you guys to Jesus. But we did. And can't you guys see how, how much power and how much might and how much strength has happened since that night? Maddie and I both had to realize that our past did not determine our future. That God could use whatever mess happened and turn it into something so beautiful. And that's exactly what he did. But I was so moved by this man that I mentioned earlier that I had to share that story with you. But now I want to talk about this guy, okay? His name is Saul. We're going to dive into Acts chapter 9, and this is some good stuff, all right? If you do not have a Bible, I need you to raise your hand because we want to give you a Bible, and Wes will get you one, all right? We got one up here. Come to the front. We're going to dive into Acts chapter 9, and we're going to start from the top, okay? So it's going to appear on the screen as well. This is what it says in verse 1. All this time, Saul was breathing down the necks of the master's disciples out for the kill. He went to the chief priests and got arrest warrants to take to the meeting places in Damascus. Damascus was a place. So that if he found anyone there belonging to the way, or Jesus, whether men or women, he could arrest them and bring them to Jerusalem. Okay, Saul was a bad dude, right? It literally says in there that he was out for the kill, so you know he's not a good dude. Verse 3, he set off. And when he got to the outskirts of Damascus, he was suddenly dazed by a blinding flash of light. And as he fell to the ground, he heard a voice, Saul, Saul, why are you out to get me? And he said, who are you, master? I am Jesus, 
the one you're hunting down. I want you to get up and enter the city, and in the city you'll be told what to do next. His companions stood there just dumbstruck. They could hear the sound but couldn't see anyone, while Saul, picking himself up off the ground, found himself stone blind. They had to take him by the hand and lead him into Damascus. He continued blind for three days, and he ate nothing, and he drank nothing, okay? So Jesus comes, and he meets Saul on this road, on this road to Damascus, and he blinds Saul, so he can't see. Verse 10, there was a disciple in Damascus by the name of Ananias. Everybody say Ananias. And the master spoke to him in a vision and said, Ananias. Yes, master, he answered. Get up and go over to Straight Avenue. Ask at the house of Judas for a man from Tarsus. His name is Saul. He's there praying, and he has just had a dream in which he saw a man named Ananias enter the house and lay hands on him so he could see again. And Ananias was like, no. He protested. He said, master, you can't be serious. Everybody's talking about this man and the terrible things that he's been doing. His reign of terror against your people in Jerusalem. And now he's shown up here with papers from the chief priests that give him license to do the same to us. Okay, Ananias is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Saul is whack-a-doodle-doo. And I am not doing that. He is not about it. Verse 15, but the master said, don't argue. Go. I have picked him as my personal representative to non-Jews and kings and Jews. And now I'm about to show him what he's in for. The hard suffering that goes with this job. Don't you guys just love that? Jesus is just like, don't argue. Go. I just love that. I think it's hilarious. Verse 17, so Ananias went and found the house, placed his hands on blind Saul, and he said, Brother Saul, the master sent me, the same Jesus you saw on your way here. He sent me so you could see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. No sooner were the words out of his mouth than something like scales, kind of gross, fell from Saul's eyes, and he could see again. And he got to his feet, he was baptized, and he sat down with them to a hearty meal. We're almost done, guys. Saul spent a few days getting acquainted with the Damascus disciples, but then went right to work, wasting no time, preaching in the meeting places that this Jesus was the Son of God. They were caught off guard by this. Not at all sure they could trust him. And they kept saying, isn't this the man who wreaked havoc in Jerusalem among the believers? And didn't he come here to do the same thing? Arrest us and drag us to jail and... They were just like, wasn't he, wasn't he in the headlines last week? Like, wasn't he on my Instagram Explorer page for, like, murdering Christians last Tuesday or something? I thought I saw it in there. Last verse. But their suspicions didn't slow Saul down for even a minute. His momentum was up now, and he plowed straight through the opposition, straight into it, disarming the Damascus Jews and trying to show them that Jesus was the Messiah. Saul was on fire, guys, okay? He was on fire. Verse 22, it says, it didn't slow Saul down even for a minute. And what you're going to find in the Bible is that a lot of the times when Jesus comes and he does a huge work in somebody's life, he changes their name, okay? So Saul then becomes Paul. So if you hear me say Saul or Paul, they're the same person, got it? Okay. So 
This story is fire, okay? It is so, so good. I know it's a lot, but like I said from the beginning, I want you guys to get the whole picture, right? I want you to dig in and understand the whole thing. So to back it up for you, okay, listen up. Saul could not believe that the Savior of the world, the Son of God, would die on a tree or the cross. He could not get over it. He was so hung up on this, and it was a stumbling block for him, okay? But all those arguments went out the door when he met Jesus. And what I want to tell you tonight is, guys, don't get strung up on one thing and hang on to it and have that keep you from knowing Jesus. Okay, I'm telling you tonight, meet Jesus. Meet Jesus, and he will set you on fire in the best way possible. I promise you that. I don't know if you guys know this, but Paul, that guy, he wrote nearly 20% of all the books written in the Bible. They're all from him. Could you imagine, guys? Could you imagine if people wouldn't have let go of the past, not allowing to see how Paul was going to work in their present? Could you imagine if Ananias, the guy who healed Paul and went to him, and then shortly after Paul received the Spirit of God, could you imagine if he was so strung up and hung up on Saul's past and the fear of what may happen that it caused him to not even give Saul a chance and and go heal him? And right now, some of you are like, well, they did this to me. Well, they did that to me. Well, guess what? If everyone only focused on what Saul did in his past, they never would have opened their minds to what Paul was doing in their present. Once Saul knew Jesus, guys, there was, there was no turning back. And I hope you discover that too. I hope you realize how great your life will be with Jesus. I hope you discover the peace he can give you that silences any storm swirling around in your soul. I hope you feel his love, the embrace that engulfs your entire being. I I hope you fall so in love with Jesus Christ that you know that there is no turning back, that there is no way that you're going to go back to those bad thoughts, that you know there's no way you're going to fall back into those sins. I can promise you, I can promise you that no person who has ever accepted Jesus Christ, has ever regretted it. Jesus has done nothing but save and redeem and rescue and love. I just want you guys to get this so bad. If you guys go all in with Jesus, I think you'll find that you'll never want to go back either. But some of you tonight are saying, you don't know what I've done. You don't know what my parents have done. You don't know how I've treated people. Well, you don't know how big your God is then. Your past does not matter to Christ. He is way more concerned about your future. Can you guys say the same? Are you more concerned with your past than you are where God's leading you to? I'm telling you, Jesus will call you out of the pit. He will take your messed up, broken head, home life, past mistakes, whatever it is, and he's going to say, you are my chosen instrument, and I want to use you, and I choose you. And that's exactly what he did for Paul. Because Jesus is stronger than anything. How many of you know that? Can somebody say amen? Jesus is stronger than anything. When you are weak, he is strong. When COVID runs rampant, he is strong. When riots break out, he is strong. When kids bully you at school, he is strong. When parents do stuff they shouldn't, he is strong. But the devil wants you to fight with your thoughts, and he wants to twist the reality and make your perceptions of the truth totally wrong, telling you that God can't use you because of what's happened in your past. But Jesus wants you to fight with your prayers on your knees 
and he will reveal the truth to you and open your eyes to what he wants for you because it is good. He has good plans, and I hope 100% you believe that tonight. But Jesus has to be real in your life. That's what I want you guys to get. I don't want you to just come here on a Wednesday night and get a little snippet. I want Jesus to be real in your life. I know what it's like to go through the motions and come here. I know what it's like to go through the motions and try to try to read your Bible or whatever. No, I want you guys to be set on fire for what Jesus is doing in your life. I want you to walk out these doors so on fire that you can't help but go tell everybody who this Jesus guy is. Jesus was real in Paul's life, and Paul went all in. And as a result, Jesus transformed Saul from the inside out. He even changed his name for crying out loud. Some of you need to write this down. There is a difference between saying you're a Christian and actually being one. Jesus has to be real in your life. And Paul later, later he ends up in prison because he's telling people about Jesus. That's going to happen. People aren't going to like you. And Paul didn't end up in prison by being half in for Jesus. He went all in. And he wrote some of the most beautiful, inspirational, impactful verses that you and I cling to. And you don't even know it. Philippians, hopefully, raise your hand if you've read Soap last week. Anybody dive into Philippians? That's awesome. He wrote that, Paul, from prison because he was all in. And the sad thing is, because I know it's true, some of you feel like you're in prison too. But tonight, I don't, I don't want you to let that stop you from allowing God to write your life story. Don't let that stop you from being all in with Jesus, okay? Don't let that stop you from listening to what he has to tell you and going for it. Don't waste a second. Take notes from Paul. He went for it. We have to be willing to just stop and obey what God puts on our hearts. That means at any time, if God drops a word, you have to be willing to obey and listen. Jacob Scarless, he's going to come up later. He's going to give his testimony. He just worked out right before this. And he said every time he was in between sets, the spirit, the Holy Spirit was just dropping words in his heart. You got to be willing to stop and write it down. Last week, preached that message. Yep, it was right after my workout, fresh out the steam room. Had to sit there and write it all out. You guys have to be willing to listen to what God is telling you at any point in time. He might want you to go talk to that weird kid in the lunchroom. You got to be willing to listen and obey. Because at any time, he could call you. Because he wants you. And he chooses you. It's time to be a generation that surrenders everything to Jesus. To be a generation that leans in fully to who he is. To be a generation that rises up and lays down our lives daily that takes up our cross and live lives that reflect who Jesus is. Revival will begin when we go all in, all right? Revival will begin when we go all in. Gosh, I want you guys to know that so hard tonight, like so badly. Don't, like, just be all in with Jesus, okay? Just know him. Know him by getting into his word, by surrounding yourself with the right people. I'm so proud of you that you're here tonight. Just keep getting closer to him. When you get closer to him, you're going to feel a love and a peace and a joy that you're not going to get anywhere else. I can guarantee you and promise you that. Guys, it's revival time. And some of you are like Saul tonight, and you've been breathing some bad lies and threats down people's necks. You've been on TikTok too much. You've been scrolling too much. You've allowed bad negative thoughts to creep into your mind. And you certainly haven't been all in with Jesus. 
Tonight, I want to give you the opportunity to change all of that. I want to give you the opportunity to raise your hand and say, I am all in for Jesus Christ. I am sold out for him. So with every head bowed and every eye closed tonight, if you are ready to go all in, not this half in, half out stuff, and you want to bring revival to your family and to your school and to this world, if you are committing your life to Jesus for the first time ever and you're meeting him here tonight on this road to Damascus, or you want to recommit your life to him, I want you to raise your hand on the count of three. So when I say three, raise your hand if you'd like to have a relationship with Jesus Christ tonight and be all in. One, two, three. Raise your hand tonight if you want to be all in with Jesus. Thank you. You can put those hands down. If you raise your hand tonight, we're going to say a prayer, and I want you to think on these words, and everybody in this room is going to say it with you. So repeat after me with this prayer. Dear God, you're the best. Thank you for giving us an example, an example on how to live. Your son, Jesus. Thank you for your peace. Thank you for your love. Thank you for still choosing me. Even after my mistakes, even after my brokenness, I want to live for you. I want to be all in with you. I want to bring revival. Help me do that. I lay everything at your feet. You are everything to me. I love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give God praise tonight for what he's done. If you enjoyed today's message, I would encourage you to like it or share it on social media. Movement Youth for 6th through 12th graders meets on Wednesday nights with service beginning at 7 p.m. And the Point College Ministry meets on Sunday nights at 7 p.m. We would love to have you join us. Thanks for tuning in.